If you have your Bibles, and if you don't get your Bible, get your notepad, get your pens out, and let's talk about this. God the same yesterday and today and forever. Now, the Septuagint, I'm going to give you a little background. We're going to really lay a foundation and just take our time because we have to get, we have to build a strong foundation in what God's word says about our physical lives on this earth. We are to be strong and healthy, pain-free and symptom-free to serve God and to fulfill the plan and purpose that he has for our lives. The Septuagint, the very term, it means the 70. And what this was is 70 rabbis got together and they translated the Hebrew Old Testament into Greek so that the common Jewish people could have the Word of God. These 70 rabbis completed this by about 132 B.C. We can look back as far as 132 B.C. and know that these are, know exactly what these rabbis thought the Hebrew Scripture said. That what, a, what an incredible picture. That what, what an incredible fact to know this. The Jewish people were scattered by the Babylonian and the Assyrian captivity. The Jewish people basically were scattered all over the earth. And because of this, only the Orthodox Jews spoke Hebrew in Jesus' day. Jesus actually spoke Aramaic, which is a type of the Greek language. Aramaic, it's a semantic or semantic language that was the language during the time of Jesus. Many of the New Testament references to the Old Testament refer back to the Septuagint and not the Hebrew text. Now, Paul was an Orthodox Jew, and he spoke Hebrew, so he would refer to the Hebrew text. But wherever Jesus is saying it is written, he is referring back to the Septuagint. In the last 60 years, one of the signs that we know that the church age is about to end and that Jesus is about to return for his church is that in the last 60 years, the Hebrew language has been restored. This is a sign of the end times and the return of Jesus for his church. What an exciting time. In this lesson... When I'm referring to the Old Testament, I'm going to be referring to the Septuagint. Now in Malachi chapter 3 in verse 6, you could open up your Bible to that. Malachi chapter 3 in verse 6. I love this scripture. The word of God tells us, for I am the Lord I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. This scripture gives us a picture 
of God's unchanging nature. The context of this whole passage is judgment. God is saying in this passage of Scripture in Malachi 3.6, God is saying that the only thing that is keeping you from being consumed is that I made a promise to Abraham and his descendants and I never change, God says. We need to know this. Your God is a God that never changes. If he was a healer then, he's a healer today. He's just as much a healer today as he's ever been. He will always be a healer, though we can take that and know it and live our life founded on this. In Numbers chapter 23, in verse 19, it says something else about the Lord. Numbers 23, 19 says that God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent or change. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Hallelujah. God is not a man. He doesn't lie, and he doesn't change. This is Moses responding to the people who are saying that that just doesn't work. And God God is a God that doesn't change. And he's not a man that he'll ever lie. So Moses is telling these people this. Listen, our God is not a man that he should lie. He's neither is he the son of man that he should repent or change. Hallelujah. God does not lie and God does not change. Get that deep in your spirit because you and I are to live our life based upon the word of God. Our foundation is this. God is good and he never changes. I love Titus. In the book of Titus, chapter 1, in verse 2, it says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. In other words, not only will he not lie, He cannot lie. Isn't that good news? So the foundation of your life, child of God, the foundation of my life as a child of God is that God is good and he never changes. Hallelujah. What God says is not only true, but it is truth. And truth is not of this world. Truth emanates from the very words of God. Truth, the truth of God's word, his word is forever settled in heaven. It is not subject to change. The truth of God's word will change any facts in your body or in your life that do not line up with what God's word says. It is true, in other words, because God said it. Isn't that good news? It is true because God said it. If God says, I've redeemed you from the curse of the law, 
because I was made a curse for you, then that means you're redeemed from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 15, we're going to actually read verses 22 to, verses, to verse 26. It says this, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Verse 23. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Now we know now the reason why they were bitter. There were lime deposits in the water that caused the waters of Marah to be bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. Verse 24, and the people murmured against Moses saying, what shall we drink? And he, Moses, cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. Now this tree is a type. In the Old Testament, there's types. This tree is a type of Christ. It says, which when he had cast... Into the waters. Now, waters is always a symbolic. In, in the Old Testament, in Scripture, it's symbolic of humanity. And when he cast this tree, which was a type of Christ, into the waters, which is a type of humanity, in other words, this is giving us a picture of Jesus being cast into humanity. The waters were made sweet. And child of God, today, you can go to the waters of Mara, and they're still sweet. They turned sweet the moment that tree hit the waters. There he made for them a statute. That means the, a statute is a law and an ordinance. An ordinance is literally a legal decision. It is a judgment rendered and it says, and there he proved them, or there he tested them. Verse 26, and said, if you will diligently. So now he said this. Now this is, this, here is a rule that the way this is written, it will never change. And this is what he said. This is a rule that will never change. If you will diligently hearken, that means to hear and obey, to the voice of the Lord your God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments. Now for the New Testament believer, it would be, and will give ear to his word, and keep all his statutes. In other words, we keep his word. Well, what is that for a New Testament believer? We walk in the law of love and we walk in the law of faith. And it says here, if you'll, if you'll do that, now look at what it says, and keep all his statutes. It says this, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians. So now we really have to look at this section, I will put. Now, I 
is normally a personal pronoun, but not here. I will put is not found in the original manuscripts of this verse in Exodus. I will put is not in the original manuscripts. And it says here, none of the diseases upon thee which I have brought. Now, this word brought, we can know in the Hebrew language, this is in the Hebrew permissive tense. It's not the causative tense. In other words, God's saying, I will, I, I will not allow any of these diseases upon you that I have allowed or permitted upon the Egyptians. So he says this, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now this is literally in the literal meaning of this verse, at the end of this verse, this is how you would say it in modern English. None of the diseases that have come upon the Egyptians will come upon you, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Let me say that again. None of the diseases that I have or that have come upon the Egyptians will come upon you, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. And this word, this word right here is literally, literally the redemptive name of God. It's one of the seven redemptive names of God. It would read like this, I am Jehovah Rapha. So the rule of Exodus 15:26 is this. Now this is a rule. This is this does not change. It says, here's the rule, put God's word first and act upon his word and he will allow no sickness upon you. This rule will never change as long as we are in the earth. Now, guys, we understand there's a different progression for us as New Testament believers than the Old Testament. <clears throat> the Old Testament was, if you do this and obey God, then it gave him a legal right to, to bless you. I'm a New Testament believer I'm not a servant of God. I'm a child of God. I've already been made the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. For me, this is already done. Jesus already bore all of my sickness, carried away all of my pain, and with his stripes, I'm healed. So now, for me, I, I, do I keep God's word? Do I put it first? Do I act on his word? Absolutely. This is called being a doer of the word of God. I don't do that to get God to heal me. I do that to receive and walk in the healing that he's already provided for me. Exodus 15, 26. I am the Lord that healeth thee. 
Now, what's interesting about this child of God is this is the first way that God identifies himself to the children of Israel. Think about that. God is looking back to the Passover. And it's the first way that he reveals himself to the children of Israel, that he is Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that heals you. Church, he's a healer. He's your healer. Isn't that good news? You don't have to be sick anymore. Hallelujah. You cannot tell, if you look at the language, you cannot tell from the language if God is saying, I am the Lord that did heal you, is healing you, or will heal you. I think that's amazing. You can't differentiate. In the same way that he was the Lord that did heal you, he is the same Lord that is healing you or will heal you. You can't, you can't rightly divide that either way. It could be translated either way. In Hebrew and Greek, there are tenses, but those tenses are not used right here. Isn't that amazing? Because God wanted to make sure that you don't get in a works mentality and think if I just confess the word enough, if I just do this or if I just give enough or go to church enough, if I'm just good enough, if I just stop lying, if I just, then God will. No, 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 no. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is your healer. That could be translated. He is the great physician. I love that. In Numbers chapter 14, Numbers chapter 14, in verse 28, God says, he tells Moses to say this to the children of Israel. He says, say unto them, as truly as I live, this would be called an oracle of God. It is an unending, never, it's a never-ending oracle unchanging law of God. Here it is, says the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I allow or permit to you. Mark 11 says it the same way, that you'll have what you say. God deals with us on the basis of his word, and he deals with us on the basis of our word. So this is why, let the redeemed of the Lord, that's you, say so. Don't walk around saying, I will be healed. Walk around saying, I am healed. Why? Because that's what God says. He is Jehovah Rapha, the God that is your great physician, your healer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This oracle of God, you could read it this way. It could be translated as, I am eternal, so is this principle eternal. Now this is the first time here in Exodus that God identifies himself to his people who came out of Egyptian captivity. God revealed himself to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Moses, and now he is revealing himself 
to his people that just came out. He just delivered them out of Egyptian captivity. So now let's take a side journey here and let's talk about Moses. Let's go to Exodus chapter 3 and we're going to look at verses 1 through verse 4. Exodus 3, verse 1 through verse 4. It says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed, and Moses said, I will now turn aside. This phrase in the Hebrew language, it would read like this. I'm going to depart from my own course of action to go see this. And see this great sight. Why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that, that he turned aside to see. In other words, God wants us to recognize him. God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. Always know this, child of God. We determine our level of intimacy with God. And always know this, that you and I will never be satisfied without him. He is the one that satisfies me to my innermost being. I love whenever you see in Scripture when God is calling out to somebody, He'll use their name more than once. Like here you see Moses, Moses. In the New Testament, what did He say to Saul? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It was amazing with Samuel in the Old Testament he called out his name three times. God identifies himself to Moses in the burning bush because Moses did not know who he was. Exodus chapter 3, in verse 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. The word I am is a Hebrew word. It literally is the word hayah, H-A-Y-A-H, which means to be, to become, to exist. When God says be, he is sending and releasing something that causes change. He'll say things to you like, be healed, be free. And what he's doing, he's sending, he's releasing power to enable you to be healed and to be free. The Hebrew and Greek meaning of I am that I am means this. I am everything that I will ever need to be for your benefit. God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt to bring them to himself. God brought us out of the world 
We were dead in our trespasses and sins. Why? To bring us to himself. Do you see? God never changes. He's for you tonight. He loves you tonight. He is your healer, and he is no respecter of persons. So rejoice in that child of God. God is so good. Let's look real briefly at these seven redemptive names of God. God identified himself seven ways in the Old Testament. The word redemption, it literally means to rescue and deliver from the bondage of sin and the penalty of God's violated law. The word Jehovah means the self-existent one who reveals himself, who keeps covenant, fulfills promises, and takes action. What's real interesting is these seven redemptive names of God, they reveal to us our redemptive rights in Christ. You have Jehovah Raha. That literally means the Lord, our shepherd. He is the one that feeds, protects, and leads us. Then there's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. He is the one who looks ahead and provides everything for us before we ever get there. Then, as we mentioned earlier, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer, the Lord, our great physician. You have a great physician tonight. Hallelujah. Then there's Jehovah Nisi. That means the Lord, our banner, or you could say it this way, the Lord, our victory. Victory is your redemptive right, child of God. Then we have Jehovah Shammah. This is a wonderful statement. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord, our ever-present help in our time of need. In other words, you could say Jehovah Shammah is the Lord is present. I'm telling you, when you're in a battle, that's right where he is. When you're going through the waters, he's right there with you. When you're going through the fire, he's with you. And a fire won't even kindle upon you. I love this one. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord our peace. The only way to lay hold and walk in the peace of God is to act on your redemptive right. God has given you these redemptive rights. Then there's Jehovah Sidkenu. <clears throat> you know we're all excited about that. Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness. See, righteousness, we've been made the very righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. It's our position with our Heavenly Father. Now what's interesting is you don't see these redemptive names in the New Testament. 
And that's exciting. The reason why is they are all put within the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus holds all of these redemptive names all in him. Jesus the Christ. He is my healer. He's my deliverer. He's my ever-present help in my time of need. He's my, he's my banner, my victory. He's present in my life. All of these redemptive names, he is there. He's Jehovah Jireh. He looks ahead and he's my provider in every way. He is my peace, my shalom. I love that. Jesus is everything. So now let's go back to Exodus. Exodus chapter 23. And we're going to look at verse 25. Exodus 23 in verse 25. It says this, And you shall serve. This word serve in the Hebrew language means, And you shall worship the Lord your God. And he shall bless thy bread and thy water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. And there shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in the land. The number of thy days I will fulfill, saith the Lord. God says, I'm going to bless your food and take sickness from the midst of you. Hallelujah. In other words, eat and healing is yours. When did this happen? The first picture we saw of this is at the Passover. The Bible says they ate that Passover, the Passover lamb, and we estimate anywhere from two to three million Jews left Egypt. Now these were slaves, and the Bible says after eating the Passover lamb, there was not one feeble among them. Child of God, how much more are you as a New Testament believer? Hallelujah. If we follow him, and obey him, he's able to keep sickness from our midst. So this is why we walk and live and move and have our being in him. In Psalm 105, in verse 37, it says this, And he brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble, that means sickly, among their tribes. This is how... This is how the children of Israel came out of Egypt, which is a type of you and I being born again. This has already been provided for us in Christ at salvation. So now let's look at a key scripture that falls right in line with this. Let's go to Psalm 103. We're going to look at the first five verses of this, of this uh, chapter it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Notice that word benefits is plural. Oh, we're to bless the Lord, and we're not to forget his benefits. Look at this. Verse 3, who forgives all of your iniquities. Who healeth? This is the Hebrew word rapha. 67 times in the Old Testament, 
This word is defined as physical healing nine times in the Septuagint and 12 times in the Greek. It always denotes physical healing. Who healeth all of thy diseases. Now this is the this word diseases is literally the Hebrew word nosos. It literally means physical diseases. He forgives all of my iniquities and he heals all of my physical diseases. Verse 4, who redeems thy life from destruction. This word redeemeth, who redeemeth, this is a present participle. It means that this is a continuous redeeming action. It always has been happening and it always will. God is my redeemer. He redeems my life from destruction. Who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. My God will fill my mouth with his word so that as I speak the word of God and the presence and the power of God comes on the scene and it renews my youth like the eagles. The literal meaning of verses 4 and 5, the one redeeming thee from destruction and decay, the one crowning thee with compassion, the one satisfying thee. Wow. In the Greek language of the Septuagint, it would literally be worded that God is right now doing these things. God is the one that is keeping our hearts breathing or beating right now. God is the one keeping our lungs working right now. Hallelujah. That's why I love Acts 17.28. For it is in Him that I live and that I move and that I have my very being. In other words, child of God, God is the source of our lives. He is my everything. He is Jehovah. He is Jesus, the Christ, my great Redeemer, my great Shepherd, the lover of my soul. Now let's jump over. You're in Psalm 103. Let's jump over to Psalm 107, another powerful healing scripture. Psalm 107, we're going to start in verse 17. It says this, Fools, because of their transgressions and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat. What this is talking about is they are leaving the word. And they draw near unto the gates of death. When they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. There is a very specific manner in which healing comes. It comes through the word of God. 
It was that way in the Old Testament. It is that way in the New Testament. This is the specific manner in which it comes. Healing comes through the word of God. If you do what I say and keep my word, then I'll take sickness from you, we've looked at. Be a doer of the word of God, and and God is able to take sickness from you. God has no plans in any way for you to have to deal with sickness and disease in the earth. It is very, very strong, Old Testament all the way through to the New Testament, that God is our healer. So much so that we see in Matthew, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 8 in verse 16. This is the Holy Spirit's commentary on that great redemptive chapter, Isaiah 53. In Matthew, or I'm sorry, in Matthew chapter 8 in verse 16, this is the Holy Spirit's commentary on Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. It says, when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Verse 17, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Now see, Isaiah 53, 5 is quoted from the Septuagint, saying, so, so he's now quoting the Septuagint. This is the, the Hebrew scriptures that were now translated into Greek. Saying, himself took our infirmities. This word infirmities means sicknesses, diseases, weaknesses, strengthlessness. See, the reason why we have pain in our body is because a loss of strength in our body. This word also means feebleness. It says Jesus himself took and bare our took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Wow. In other words, Jesus already took it. Already bore it so you don't have to bear it. In the Old Testament, obedience to God's word ended in healing. In the New Testament, obedience to Jesus always ends in healing. Everyone who came to Jesus in faith for healing received healing. Let's look at, now you're in Matthew chapter 8, let's look at Matthew chapter 9 in verse 35. Matthew chapter 9 in verse 35. And Jesus, it says, went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, healing every sickness and every disease. In the Amplified Version, it says literally every manner of disease among the people. In other words, God's healing power, it covers all sickness and all disease. Matthew chapter 14 in verse 35 and verse 36, it says this. Matthew 14, verse 35 and verse 36. It says, And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about 
and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Healing belongs to all because Jesus has been sent. Never forget this, child of God. Hebrews chapter 13, in verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ, the same. This, this word same, this Greek word means the same identical person in every respect. He is the same yesterday and today and forever. James chapter 1 In verse 17, it says every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Acts chapter 10 in verse 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, even with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. This word healing, doing good and healing, it's the Greek word iaomai. It means to progressively doctor and cure. It It denotes a gradual, ongoing healing. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, even with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Wow. So let me go ahead and close with these words found in Mark chapter 16 in verse 17. Mark 16, 17 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. This word follow literally means they will accompany. We could read this literally by saying, and these signs shall accompany them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils, and they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up or carry away serpents, which is a type of demonic forces. And if they shall drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Child of God, if healing passed away, then his name would have had to pass away. You are healed by putting the word of God in the practice. You are saved by putting the word of God in the practice. God's word is is true. It's unchanging. It's never ending. You can rest in that tonight. Rest and know if you are fighting symptoms in your body, stop fighting and receive your healing because the same God who always has been a healer is a healer tonight. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 in verse 11 that the same Spirit, the mighty Holy Spirit, 
who's down on the inside of a believer dwells in us. It says very clearly, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, if he dwells in you, which he does if you're a believer, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. This word quicken literally means to heal, to restore to health, and to make whole your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Child of God, healing is from within. Tonight, just receive that right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for each person under the sound of my voice. Father, I thank you that your spirit on the inside of us is quickening our mortal bodies, driving out any sickness, any disease, any weakness, any virus in the name of Jesus. We believe that we receive our healing. We thank you that from the tip of our head to the soles of our feet, we are healed in the name of Jesus. Oh, child of God, I hope this encourages your heart tonight. I want to encourage you, listen to these messages over and over. Highlight these scriptures. Meditate on them day and night. Get them deep in your spirit and walk in the divine health, the healing power, the divine life that God has for you.